This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Doug from Hoobastank. Hi, this is Josie Loren. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hello. I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. This is Alicia Witt. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hi, this is Chelsea Hobbs. Hey, this is Lindsay Lohan. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom of Joy of Romance, Inc. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hi, I'm Holly Jorgensen, creator of Make It or Break It, and you are listening to What Do They Say? Did you hear... Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatduvaysaid.com. Or is it what do they said to Matt, Rob? I am your host, uh, Jason Duplessis. <laughs> Coming at you from Duvet Studio South in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man that I like because he speaks his mind and is a scrapper. Your host, <laughs> Roger. Robert Bob DeVay coming to you from the cockpit of a Blue Angels uh, aircraft. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> wow, are you flying with the Blue Angels today? How did you manage that? They're going to be everywhere. At any moment, you may hear the roar of a, uh, is it the Navy, the Blue Angels? A Navy jet? Yeah, you know what's interesting? That I, you know, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area with you, and the Blue Angels are, are kind of famous up there. You know, they, they perform at air shows, they fly over 49ers games, they they do these amazing stunts. They're the, uh, there's, I've been in LA for, uh, I don't know, since, uh, for years and years and years now, never once has the Blue Angels flown over Los Angeles. I think it's solely a San Francisco thing. It might be, you know, I wonder if that's because what part of LA would they fly over? You know, San Francisco is such a condensed city that it's really easy to fly, like, right over the skyline, right over the bay, through the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'll have all that be, you know, really contained. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they have flown over L.A., but I feel like the Blue Angels were—I were, I always knew when the Blue Angels were around when I was up there. And even down in the peninsula, it was, it was big buzz and big news when the Blue Angels yeah. were flying around. So what is—why well, are they uh, in the air today? Well, it, it is Fleet Week here in the Bay Area, and so uh, we are going to be overrun with semen. Oh, great. Wow, that actually explains a lot. <laughs> now, the funny thing about Fleet Week, Jace, is uh, you know living in San Francisco, in North Beach, which is right by Fisherman's Wharf, um, you, you'll, sailors will start pouring in. And of course, they're going to go to, you know, the red light district, which is the Broadway stretch there where all the strip clubs are. And mm-hmm. the best thing is the women that come in from like all parts, you know, as far away as like Stockton or Vallejo, <laughs> they come in to meet themselves a sailor. Wow. That's amazing that that still happens. That feels so Andrew's sisters to me. 
Yeah, well, I guess uh, it's, uh, imagine the Andrews sisters uh, w- with Lady Gaga, and then you have Fleet Week. Well, would you like to meet a sailor, listeners? Perhaps we can help you out. You can send us an email at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much. Or you can find us on Facebook. Facebook numbers climbing, Rob. Climbing. Absolutely. Very excited. You see, as promised last week, there's a new photo of the two of us there on the Facebook I like that page. photo. That's a good one. I forgot we took that photo, and it's uh, that's, that's, that's the one I want actually representing us. That's the one prior to you going outside and getting your raccoon eyes sunburned. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a fan of that one, I think. That's why I like that photo on Facebook. Okay, well, we'll see if we can make that the official photo. Tell us what you think about it. Find us on Facebook, like the photo, or just take a look at us if you want to see what these handsome voices are attached to. Uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter, at Bob Duvet, or give us a phone call at... Roger that, Tower. We got 415-937-0445. That's 415-937-0445. Roger that. Come back. Uh, operators are standing by. I think you're doing pretty good at that. Do you know the, um, you know the the words that you use instead of letters? Like I know you know Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, but like you know, you know I know the album by Wilco, but I don't. Do you, I know you do though. <laughs> I know thing some I'm sure of them. Of is I, I know some of them, like tango and whiskey and stuff like that. It's pretty good stuff. Nice. Are they? Is it the letter attached to? The number for a specific reason, or is it just kind of military code designed to throw off the enemy? There's actually two of them. There's uh, the military ones, which Whiskey and Tango and Foxtrot are part of. And then there's actually the Western Union came up with their own list. Some of them are the same and some of them are different. So it depends on who you who you talk to. I'm always amazed at the shit you know, Jason. We should have a segment <laughs> called The Shit You Know. <laughs> Well, I'll see if I can dig up some music for that. That's the shit I know this week because I find it interesting. I I do because I, having a difficult to spell last name uh, or difficult to hear and then figure out how to spell, I'm constantly spelling things on the phone. So I wanted to use the, the, the... I I don't even remember what it's called, but like the, you know... The The proper nomenclature? Yeah, the nomenclature. Ah, le mot juste. It's it, it's I'm not sure what it's called exactly, but uh, I'll look it up. That is shit I don't know. Maybe that can be another segment. But but it's shit I want to learn. Like, don't you want to know that? I wanted to know. We have three segments already, man. I love it. <laughs> this show is off and running. No wonder the Blue Angels are flying overhead. <laughs> you know, speaking of that very topic, um, I'm watching the Ken Burns documentary on Prohibition. Oh, is there a new Ken? I had no idea. Yeah, there is. It's like three-part thing on PBS, and so we taped it, and we started watching it last night. And there are so many terms, having worked in the bar business and just being around like old-timers, you know, that would use things that you kind of laugh and say, uh uh-huh, yeah, but you don't know what it means. Like, um, I didn't know where the term bootlegger came from. Oh, yeah. Well, don't you just hide booze in your boot? Exactly. There used to be when, you know, Prohibition was actually, the, we think of Prohibition as being the 30s, I guess, or well, yeah, just after the 20s. But it actually had been, booze had been outlawed in states like well prior in like, you know, the 1870s maybe. And the guys used to come up to you on the street when it wasn't like, you know, legal to sell booze at a liquor store or saloon. And they would have it in their boot and they would kind of approach you kind of like a drug dealer does today. And they would pull out the flask and 
you can hit them, you know, hit take a hit off the flask and they put it back in their boot, in their yeah. legs. So the bootlegger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I think that was shit I knew. Did you know this? Carry Nation. If I say the name Carry Nation, do you know what that means? Uh, no, I do not. That shit I want to know, though. It's funny. She was a woman who was like, you know, part of a temperance society. And she just, you know, God was called her to go into a saloon somewhere in Kansas with a hatchet. And or I think she originally went in with like rocks and stuff like that. But then later she developed her signature was a hatchet. She'd go in and just smash the place up. <laughs> and that's why people, a bartender would say to me, you know, back in the day, and a guy would be like, oh man, that guy's not welcome in here. He's like Carrie Nation. Wow. I, I haven't even heard yeah. that term. Yeah. I'm learning all these. I'm, I'm going to be filled with useless prohibition knowledge soon. I love that kind of stuff, though. I wish I'd known about it. I find those Ken Burns documentaries fascinating. Yeah, I do too. This is, a, you know, Ken Burns does a hell of a job. Also, I'm sure you know this. But there's a George Harrison documentary that just uh, is actually aired last night. Yeah, it's a and, part of uh, the Martin Scorsese film. Living it's in the great. Material I started world. watching it. You will love it. You being the Beatles. You, you actually turned me on to the Beatles in a way. Like you actually took the time to like really fill me up with like a lot of their backstories and like great moments. And uh, uh, I will forever be grateful because the Beatles are in fact my favorite band and uh, you educated me on them quite early. Oh, well, I'm glad to help. I was uh, an enormous Beatles fan way back in the day. So much to the point where I still get gifts uh, every birthday or Christmas from one person who will give me some Beatles thing, um, which I'm, I'm usually happy to get. Yeah, like I, you you were you were very closely linked with the Beatles in my heart. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. And I, I I'm still finding new Beatles things. I I, I just uh, uh, about a month ago uh, was given a uh, a rehearsals sessions or like recording sessions of when they were doing Beatles for Sale. And there's an awesome version of uh, She's a Woman that they play where they play the whole song and then they jam for like two and a half minutes at the end of it. Oh no way. I'd yeah. love to hear that, man. I want to hear that song. I want to play that on my show. All right. What well, the I'll hook you up music. <laughs> I will hook you up with it. Uh, and I would like to see, I don't actually get HBO, so I'll have to wait for the on demand or the DVD to see the, or find someone that I know with HBO. But I would like to see that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will like it. Um, so what else is going on, Jace? What, what's new with you? Oh, I have had the craziest couple of days here. First, Do tell. let me tell you that I, um, one of the people that I work for has a website that she like wants me to maintain, and I hate it. I hate dealing with websites. It's one of my least favorite things ever. It's just unrewarding, and it's a whole lot of work, okay? But the person who created her website... You let me know. You just raise your hand when your eyes start to roll back and this gets boring. But the <laughs> person who created her website did it on iWeb, which is one of those iApps on Mac. Okay. Which are all very simple and easy if you're sitting in a Mac. And if you try to do it from any other computer, it's a nightmare. Um, I'm one of those people with any other computer. And it's a nightmare for me to maintain it. And I, I just can't do it. And I keep shuffling it off and giving it. And they say, well, what if we bought you a Mac? And I went... 
uh, well, I, I don't really need another computer. I don't really want one sitting around, but they've, you know, we've been going back and forth for a couple of months and they're finally like, we have to do it. So I ordered a Mac Air laptop. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, 17 inch screen and it's coming in a couple of days. And as soon as I ordered it, my home computer died. Oh, like, no. Yeah. Like just out of, and I have a PC at home, and I I don't want to get started on the whole PC Mac thing. Please don't email us at what do they said at gmail dot com because emails <laughs> mean so much about what's better and what's not. I much like I know a lot about the Beatles, I can tell you a lot of things that I like about Mac. I can tell you a lot of things I like about PC, and how a lot of things I don't like about both of them. There are a lot of things not to like about Mac. Believe me. <laughs> I understand. Yes. I understand. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, my PC died. Uh, just, it, I think it heard I was getting a Mac and like committed suicide. <laughs> so I spent all day yesterday, first day in since March, that it was torrential rain pouring down here in LA. Uh, that was our gift to you from up here in San Francisco. Yeah. So I had to spend all day driving to a local major uh, computer store that isn't a sponsor and I don't want to recommend them and give them any <laughs> praise. You've been there before, I'm sure, or passed by their enormous fried food place. Um, <laughs> so I go there, I, 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 I build systems myself, but there's parts, there's things that I don't like to do. I don't like to put the motherboard in the system. Again, raise your hand when this starts to get too boring. bordering but i'm in i'm still in i don't like to do the 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 circuitry part of it i don't mind putting in the big stuff the Uh video card and the uh, dvd burner and the hard drive like the stuff that i can just plug in and, and install software i don't mind doing that uh but anyway i drove out there they they built it they said to be ready in three hours i went back three hours later they said oh no it's gonna be another two hours so I left. I came home. They called me when I got home. Oh, it's it's ready. And I said, okay, well, uh, okay, dude, well, uh, let me meet you when I'm there. He's like, yeah, okay, my name's Chris. I show up. Hey, is Chris here? Oh, no, he left at 3.30. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, one of those days, man. I hate those days. Yeah, and that is the extremely condensed version of it. Uh, so it was just dreadful. But I did manage to get out to uh, my weekly poker game, got my computer up and running enough so we could record this podcast today. And um, and I did watch Survivor. So, jeez. Impressive. You know, we should note um, today we are you know doing our show. And last night, word, breaking news, Steve Jobs passed away. Yeah, that's the first thing I saw when I got my computer finally up and running. When I first got on the internet, that was the uh, the headline. It's unavoidable, man. I, I've been, you know, this morning I woke up with the wife and I'm, um, you know, watching TV, having some coffee, and I, I could not escape it. And I'd already seen like extended tributes and you know all the, all the same photos being replayed as talking heads talked about this is great for steve wozniak by the way who is apparently on everybody's show but ours reba <laughs> well i've actually seen steve wozniak live and in person when he was on dancing with the stars oh you were there for that that season in that show he wasn't on very long I was in a commercial for that season of Dancing with the Stars. I was in a promo for it. So when I showed up to record my promo, uh, all the other stars were there uh, to record promos as well. Carrie Shrug or Strub or Strub. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, 
the guy I was in the promo with, who I can't remember his name, isn't that terrible? He was a it was a football player, wasn't it? LT, yeah, LT, uh, LT. What's his name? Oh, the rapper Master P. No, 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 L LT. Oh, LT Lawrence Taylor. Yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, nice. Steve Wozniak was there. The, um, speaking of spectacular documentaries, the mm. there's a great documentary from the mid '90s. It's really old now, so it's it's not really uh, is. It's not really up to date, but it's called Triumph of the Nerds, which was on PBS. Mm -hmm. And it explains, it basically tells the parallel history of Windows, I mean, of Microsoft and Macintosh. And it goes back and forth between them. And it's also the story of Windows and the Mac OS. It's really the story of the PC, meaning the personal computer, which could be a mm -hmm. Mac or, a, or a, you know, they call it a PC now, but home computing. And it's also kind of the biography of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. And interesting. It's really interesting. When I saw it at the time, it's really kind of essential viewing for anybody who owns a computer or has a computer. It's very, very good and very well done. And I don't even know if it's available anymore. Uh, it was a PBS special. But it ends at when Windows 95 is released, if that gives you any indication. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it really tells the story... I mean, it's a little bit biased, but it really shows what what an amazing visionary Steve Jobs was and how he really came from a place of trying to change the way people b communicate with one another and really trying to make this, um, you know, new world utility that can really open up, uh, open up things for people and how bill gates would like was just like making a machine you know mm. the difference between yes, creating that's... a machine and creating this incredible you know lifestyle really yeah i think that's the that's the takeaway from you know that's jobs greatest legacy can we step into my insight nook for just a second yeah, i would love to let's go hopefully it's warm Oh yeah, I've done some remodeling. Nice. I see you've replaced some of the posters. I'm glad to see you got rid of that Marillion poster. It was really getting wrinkly. I, I did. You know, I had I had to. You know, I wanted to update it for you know the me I am now and not the insight that I had. You know, when we started this show uh, okay. a year ago. Good. Well, I'd like to hear your insight. I'm going to settle down uh, in this club chair. Very, <laughs> very nice. And uh, there's some snuff uh, next to you there, if you if you like. Oh yeah, I'll, it's, it's I'll take a little snuff. Thanks. I've, I've turned it into something of a like a turn of the century salon. <laughs> Hat you. <laughs> so, of course, you know, big news. Steve Jobs passed, and on Facebook, um, the the feeds were just you know crushed with. Rest in peace, Steve Jobs, you know, tribute, I'm really bummed, what a visionary, and all this stuff. And then it got a little bit more where there was like the people that were kind of trying to, I guess, put some perspective on Steve Jobs. And then they got to like, well, he was an egomaniac and he never gave his engineers credit. And there was those posts going on as well. And then people reacting to those posts, you know, like just really upset and and then i looked at you know kind of the age range of the people and the younger people were like oh bummer you know rest in peace and stuff like that but the older folks the ones that really grew up with the the mac and or or the advent of personal computers mm -hmm. 
were really heavily invested and really, really bummed and really taking it hard. And it just, it's, it's something I realized it's more about the age that people are at being, you know, approaching 40 or in your 40s and realizing that, you know, death is a lot more real seemingly than <laughs> yeah. somebody in their 20s. And it was really more about the, the, a wave of nostalgia and people being caught up in that and, and dealing with their own kind of their grasp of mortality than it was even about Steve Jobs at a certain point. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that, that I can go, a couple directions I can go with in that. Uh, the one is that as far as mortality goes, I mean, I mean, you and I can remember a time before personal computers. I mean, they, they were out there, but, you know, that they came into our lives during our lifetime. We really grew with personal computers. Uh, yes. And I can remember a time when there there was stores where you could walk in much like video stores where there was beta and vhs you could walk into a store and one side would be microsoft and one side would be apple and then that apple section got smaller and smaller and smaller and then it was like apple was gone you know apple yeah. was nowhere uh and then steve jobs came back and i remember when steve jobs came back to apple and i rem i thought of that movie i saw of triumph of the nerds and i went wow steve jobs is going to make a difference here you know um because whether you agree, look, okay, Steve Jobs is, is like Walt Disney. He's like George Lucas, right? He's, yes. He's somebody Thomas who, Edison. But you could, you could make the same comments about Walt Disney. You could say that Walt Disney took credit for everything when really he had mm -hmm. an entire building full of people who drew and animated movies for him. And he would walk in and say, yes, that, yes, that. George Lucas, you look at these uh, commentary or these uh, DVD specials on the Star Wars special edition or anything. You listen to George Lucas talking about Star Wars and, well, I thought of this and I did that. And everyone goes, he didn't think of all of that. There's a model maker who came up with it and he just you know approved it so you could say that about steve jobs steve jobs thought of it but they created the ipad right you know mm -hmm. that's not the mm -hmm. point you know you and i can have ideas you and i can say we should have this happen we should have that happen and we're we, what makes steve jobs george lucas walt disney incredible and great as a you know thomas edison's a different story but you can take a vision, communicate it to somebody, have the wisdom to know that you aren't, that's not your skill set, and that person will create your vision for you. You have a dream, someone else brings your dream to you, and then you present it. How is that terrible? How is that taking, how is that not being a visionary? No, I, I, I would absolutely agree that he is in, 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 in the, maybe the visionary of, you know, our time in, in what he did. And like you said, he created a lifestyle. He created a whole, you know, cultural revolution of how we communicate with each other. But I was just more struck by how much people had invested in, in the shock and then how hard it hit them. I mean, for me, I, the least shocking thing was that he passed away. You know, I'm sad. And the guy had four kids. He had a wife. You know, he's very like, you know, I was curious to see what more he could, you know, give to me by way of his fabulous, you know, computing devices. But the fact that he died was not a shock. He'd been sick for so long. You just need only look at him. Yeah. And not be shocked by this news. And yet people were really devastated. And I really think it had because he was so young, 56. I think it has more to do with a certain generation when they start seeing these cultural icons 
dying around them, it becomes more about your own mortality than it does even about the people that are dying. Right. It's kind of like when you reach that point in your life, when you realize that that the the kid on the TV show that you go, wow, she's hot. I can't wait to see when she looks like when she grows up, when you go, wow, I might not be alive when she grows up. <laughs> oh, that's a sad day. I've got my eye on a few. Oh, wow. Isn't it kind of like that? It's kind of like that, James. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, does that only happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was just what my, my, my bit of insight regarding the, the tragedy of Steve, Steve Jobs. Well, yeah, yeah, it was nice. And let's not dwell on it. We, uh, we, there's a lot to be said about Steve Jobs and we welcome your uh, comments and questions about it. And yes. thank you for the snub. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Old people. Tell yeah. me I'm wrong, peers. You can, do an, uh, you can do yourself a favor and you can honor the memory of Steve Jobs by watching this film, Triumph of the Nerds. If you can see it, it's well worth your time. I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to search for it. And I'll tell you what, I've already honored the memory of Steve Jobs to the tune of several thousand dollars just by looking around this uh, kitchen right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a, I'll be getting my Mac Air. I have to say I'm a little proud, if, if in a bit of a twisted way, that I, I, and I ordered that Mac prior to his passing. I know that you were way, uh, once again ahead of the curve. Just barely. <laughs> I'm assuming we don't have any guests today. You know, today no guests. Uh, that's fine. Not a lot of our traditional news, but I feel as if this might be time to do a new take on a news segment. Oh well, before we do a new take, can we do the old take so I can say news? Absolutely. I'm not going to do the song this time though. Okay. We'll Even just... though my wife loves Ah hell. Da, 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 <laughs> ba, da, You're like uh, you know, some prohibition flapper who I've approached with a bootleg and you you try to you try to deny it, but you gotta take that sniff of the snifter. I love that news, Hooch! <laughs> news hooch. Okay, well, Thank you, news. Let's move out of the traditional news segment and let's uh, hear this new news segment. We're going to be calling this this segment. We'll do it from time to time. It's not an every week thing, but from time to time, it's not a bad thing to do. We're going to call this us or them. Is that in any way connected to the re-release of the entire Pink Floyd back catalog last week? (laughs) It isn't, but yeah, let's tie it in. Not a sponsor, Pink Floyd, but we're big fans here. Yeah, absolutely. And Wouldn't it be great cool. if Pink Floyd did sponsor the show, though? That would be great. It was cool to see the enormous inflatable pig on top of the Capitol Records building all last week, by the way. Oh, wow. That's, oh, I wish you took, took a picture of that. I'd love to post that up on the blog, man. That'd yeah, be cool. I, try, I, I always saw it when I was driving on the freeway, and it was never a good time to take a picture of it. And it wouldn't have looked any good anyway. I would have to get a, a better shot. But it was only yeah. up there for a week. So how, how how great would it be if we could say the tank with Jason and Rob brought to you by Pink Floyd? <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. And also uh, it would be great for our regular sponsor, Audible.com, which you can find by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS. You can get your free trial and uh, 14 days, free audiobook download. Check things out there. There might even be something about Pink Floyd. Who knows? I'm sure there is. I think there's a there's a whole book on Dark Side of the Moon. So you Floyd heads, if that's what you call yourself, you go out to audible.com, you drop the 
what do they said, WDS uh, code that Jason tells you to, and you get that Pink Floyd book, and you you listen, you read it or listen to it. Listen to it. That's right. You got to do something with your ears to cover the sound of the Blue Angels. www.audibletrial.com slash WDS. Thank you, our sponsor, Audible. So now, back to Is It Us? What's the, what's the segment called? Us or Them? We'll call it Us or Them. And here's how it's going to work. Okay. You know popular weekly magazine, Us Weekly? I do. And then you're uh, intimately familiar with Them Magazine. That's uh, WDS's flagship magazine that we launched, oh, about, I guess, six months ago. I am familiar, yes. Can I say one thing before we move into this segment? Absolutely. There's that, we've talked about it before, there's a, 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 a part of Us magazine where they say, they're just like us, and they take pictures. Yes. There was one that I saw last week or whatever, and it said, they're just like us, they get pampered. And it was, uh, what's her name? Not Paris Hilton, but the other one from The Real Life, Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie? Yeah, uh-huh. like sitting and getting her nails done, getting a pedicure at uh, some salon. And I was like, that's not just like us. <laughs> we, we do our nails at home. What do you mean they get pampered? They're <laughs> just like us. That's exactly not yeah, like honestly. us. We don't get pampered. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you picked that example because that's going to lead us off in this segment um, with – I'm going to read this. This is a title to a story. A and you, I'm going to read two different titles and you're going to have to tell me which one came from Us Weekly and which one came from Them Magazine. Okay. I love a good game. All right. You're the best at playing the games. That's why I, I like to throw these at you. All right. So here we go. Here's the title. Here's one. I'm going to read you one title and then another title, and then you tell me which one is which. Okay. So this title reads, Nicole Richie shows off her new boob job. Okay. And the other title reads, Nicole Richie shows us her boobs. I'm going to say that the first is us and the second is them. You're good. You're really good. Nice. 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 All right, see, now you're getting it. All right, so let's find let's find another one. All right, what here's about another Lionel title Richie's new boobs. Have you seen Lionel Richie's new boobs? <laughs> no, does he have new boobs? I don't know. I I don't get Us magazine. I just assume. Were they dancing on the ceiling? <laughs> what a feeling! <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one says funky and fabulous booties, and this one says check out these booties. Hmm. Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my gut here, and I will say that the first choice came from us, and the second choice came from them. You are right, sir. Nice. Can I tweak this that. game this a little? A do you mind if I do you mind if I tweak this game a little? Yeah, go nuts, man. What do you, well, this is a work in progress. I feel like it would be more more challenging if you read me one headline. Or one title. Uh, and I had to choose whether it came from Us Magazine or Them Magazine. All right. An innovation in the segment already. I love it. Good. That, okay. That's exactly what we're going to do then. In fact, it's so much so that we'll, we'll, change the, uh, we'll change the theme song just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right. So um, this is going to be, uh, you know, why... 
uh, from the, 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 the segment that both us and the magazine use to uh, delineate the difference between the common commoners and the elite. Okay. So you tell me which magazine this came from. Okay. They sit on the can. Ah, uh, I'm going to say that's from Them magazine. Oh, you were good at this one. All right. Uh, all right, mix it up a little bit. They feed the meter. Uh, wow. Um, that's from Us magazine. Good, right? Okay, okay. I'm going to have to find something trickier for you. Yeah, I think, I'm feeling confident. They owe the government money. Whoa, huh. I could go either way, but I'm going to say that's from Them magazine. <laughs> Very good. Very good. They climb stairs. Us magazine. All right. We can't do this anymore. You're too good at it. That's the us or them. <laughs> What's it? A, a comparison contrast or comparison segment of the news. Excellent. We will be back to our regular scheduled news segment next week. <laughs> Fantastic. Good enough. Well, uh, we might as well talk about TV then, because there's a lot of television going on, shall we? I'm all for it, man. I, I've been watching diligently, and I think this is a, a good opportunity, given the slow news day, to really delve into our where our cultural critic and social or our media hats today. Okay. Well, why don't we put on our little uh, Pan Am stewardess hats, and uh, let's talk about this. Are you wearing your girdle, Jason? I hope you're wearing your girdle. Well, uh, what do you weigh? <laughs> I put on a pound or two. I had a lot of barbecue in Texas. Yeah, okay. Um, I, what? I know that you had trouble sleeping for a while there, Rob. Does Pan Am help you fall asleep? <laughs> it kind of does. It is a little uh, sleep-inducing. In fact, Hallie and I looked at each other during it, and we were like... Uh, it's not bad, but it's just not interesting. I don't know. You give you preface this discussion. Nothing happens in Pan Am. There's no conflict. No. There's no danger. There's no uh, driving force. There's nothing that makes me want to keep coming back. Even the strongest storyline, which, believe it or not, is this woman who left her wedding and is being pursued by her mother that whole yeah, sort of yeah, triangle yeah. thing uh is completely without any investment because i don't know anything about the girl i don't know anything about her sister who seems to change who seems in t to be two different characters in the exact same show she's the sister who is upset about her other sister and angry at her mom and then she's this international spy <laughs> yeah it's uh you're you're so right about there being nothing really happens if anything the show goes in reverse because they keep going back six months yeah <laughs> exactly and who cares like what happened six months ago like they don't flesh out the characters at all they're entirely expository 
and they don't give me any information about what's going on internally with the characters. There's no, it's not like in Lost where you would see something that happened to a character in the past and then they would cut to what they were hap- what was happening right now and you'd go, oh my goodness, that totally informs their behavior right now. I know so much more about the character and the danger that they're in right now because of their past trauma. Uh, sit, yeah. hi, scr- scrunching down in a diner booth so that your mom doesn't see you in the parking lot even though she knows you're there anyway because the car's in the parking lot, it doesn't tell me anything about why you uh, don't want to walk into first class to serve her a beverage and give her magazine. Yeah, I mean, could, could this show be more toothless? There's really, like, there is nothing to... I don't know, you know, I'm going to watch it one more week, and and if nothing happens again or the storylines i mean the storylines get less and less interesting the characters are just so generic that they're not interesting the only thing i will say is the the french beauty the stewardess who's from france i think her name's colette uh-huh is beautiful she's absolutely beautiful in my yeah. opinion yeah she she is beautiful but she has nothing to do in the show no other than kind of be beautiful and be the object of affection for, you know, whoever lays eyes on her beauty. Yeah, exactly. But Christina Ricci's character uh, does, you know, she does nothing. She got assaulted. She poked him with a fork and then got mad. Like, that That could have been so, you know, I don't know. What are they trying to say in this show? I have no idea. I think they're just making these commentaries about how life used to be. And then we're supposed to sit and go, oh, my God, could you imagine life being like that? A day when that's how people behaved or when flying was like that or when, uh, you know, French discos were in vogue. Um, it, it's just it, there's nothing to it. They're, the storylines are so uninteresting and the characters are so uninteresting that all you're left with is just kind of uh, sort of, uh, oh, wow, look at how things used to be. I think that's also a major flaw in the show. It's not like the, the love boat where they were on a boat for three days, a ship when there was you could go to the pool or you could go to the dining room or you could go to the club or you could hang out on deck. You know, there's so many different places you could spend time, even even on shore, you know, Cabo San Lucas or wherever they would go. Yeah. Like Puerto Vallarta or there in the lobby. There was all sorts of places in your stateroom. When they took off and they were on the airplane, I was like, huh. Oh, we're on an airplane again this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so true. And the show kind of actually began the exact same way as the pilot episode with all the girls waiting in line, you know, like to get measured or whatever by the woman. Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. And then it was an opportunity for show, for Christina Ricci's character to show her her spunk. I, for the life of you, cannot tell you what her, the name of her character is, by the way. No, I don't know who the name of any of those characters. When you said the French girl, I went, yeah. And then you said her character name. I don't even remember what you told me or if that's accurate or not. Yeah, it may or may not be accurate. I have no idea because that's how... I hate to do it to you, Pan Am, but uh, we wanted to fly with you, but it's looking like you may be grounded. Yeah, sorry. You might be grounded. I'll get, I agree with you. I'll give it one more chance. But the other thing that bothers me about this show is that there's about three minutes of programming and then three minutes of commercials. Yeah, okay, that is better to talk about because – Hallie noticed that too. What's going on with that? Is that a new? Is that going to be the new trend to try and get people like to stop TiVoing or fast forwarding through commercials, or whatever? Because it was annoying how little 
time there was in between commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. I it was. I mean, it was like watching a football game. The, the, uh, there was never. I never got involved in it. There were these little vignettes. I don't know what the point of it is. I, I think there was like seven commercial breaks. It was like watching the worst part of a sports like uh, thing where you know at the end of a basketball game where like they're calling timeouts every twenty seconds. Basket. And so they go to a commercial. That's what it felt like to me. It was just like, oh, this is gonna, this show is gonna be dragging out for another hour and a half. Right. Well, that's what I meant. Like it's watching a football game when they do when they do the kickoff and then they go to commercial and then they show them doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always like, here we're back. They kick the ball. Now we go to commercial. It's like what? Uh, okay. Yeah. No. That, that that's that's a terrible. Whoever's in charge of that, that's terrible. Stop that. Right. All right. Enough of that. Uh, we'll give it one more chance, Pan Am, but we might be back to talking about the amazing race. I think Pan Am's going to go the way of the actual Pan Am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty good episode of the Amazing Race this week. I have to say that I was ready to give up on both the Amazing Race and Survivor, but I'm, I, I was involved and invested on both episodes this week for reasons that have nothing to do with the predictability of them. Yeah, I think the big save for The Amazing Race was the fact that the two old people that we thought for sure were just going to get bounced next week when they got saved last week, they kicked ass. Yeah, yeah. And really interesting. Now, you and I discussed playing The Amazing Race, and it's real easy to sit on the couch and uh, cluck our tongues. But what did you think of this part in the race where the task was that they were to collect money on the street and then bring it to an orphanage and give them the money? And when they gave them the money, on the table was a little printed sign that said, you not only have to give the money you collected, but all the money in your possession to these Mm -hmm. orphans here. Do you think you or I would have stopped and read that sign? I want to say yes. Because I think what I noticed on this one was it seemed to me like the younger younger people, and when I say younger, I mean people like, you know, in their like 30s and younger, uh-huh. they're so quick to just do things. Yeah, 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 I got it. You know, I got it. Yeah, okay. You know, and I think that you or I would have been like, well, what's that sign right placed right in the middle of all these people, right below the dish? Maybe we should read that. And I was really proud of the snowboarders for reading it. Yeah, although I don't like them. They bother me. Do they bother you? See, I like them. Um, And everybody else that had read it and got it right the first time were people that were of a certain age where they they, they were a little more composed and took the time and uh, weren't just so sure of themselves already. I think that's what I'm realizing with The Amazing Race. People are filled with a lot of, uh, you know, sure surety in their abilities to play the game where they're racing through stuff that they need to be taking you can take a little time in this game and it serves you well yeah but then there's also the the pressure the competition the race i mean it's a race so if you if you know that you're supposed to go do something this is twice in a row which i think is what's good about this uh this season of the amazing race that they've thrown this curve that isn't something that they've done in the past So they weren't, you know, last week was this clue where they went and there wasn't a little flag or a clue box. They had to find the clue 
on a display screen without even knowing mm-hmm. that that's what they were looking for. So that's kind of what I like about this season of The Amazing Race is that there you have to think and pay attention and you're not just running and going from one clue box and one marked flag and one marked place to another. So hopefully that'll show up. I don't know if I would have done it. I feel like I would have walked in and have been kind of overwhelmed by all the little kids. And I would have looked at all their faces and wanted to be there and say thank you and hand it. And I think I would have been like proud of myself and turned and walked away without reading the sign. I would think I would have been more engaged with the people than the the sign sitting on the table. You you may be right. I, it's like like you say, it's easy to watch it from television and then be like, oh, duh, when they keep showing the sign and then highlighting the part that you're supposed to pay attention to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you're right. It would be. I just think there's a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of running around and and sprinting, and sometimes in the game, it's best to just kind of collect yourself. And I think the old folks proved that 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 tactic worked this past week yeah yeah well and i think it was good to see the uh the fall of ethan and jenna as well yes yeah i i was you know i don't need to see i wasn't that interested in them when they played survivor and i'm definitely you know it's for me jeff and jordan who were on big brother and were on i think last season or something like that of amazing race much more charismatic personality wise than either ethan or jenna yeah, I didn't find Jenna interesting at all, and she's got those spots all over her, which just bothered the hell. I know, I know. I knew you were done. I don't care how great her body is. You were like, yeah, I can't deal. <laughs> you know, bef- before we get out of uh, Amazing Race, I want to just talk – what I have very little patience for yeah. is whatever the, the Asian woman um, – it's 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 they're like a interracial yeah, couple. Yeah, the, you know the what I'm talking about girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, the ones that were in the lead yeah. and then had to run back. Yes, when they had to run back, and she's like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." And I'm like, "You know what? You're the same person that was going. This is for a million dollars. We have to do this." Right. Well, that's the same thing with the brother sister team. The sister who's always like, "I told you, I can't run." You know. Yeah, they're, then fine. You don't get a million dollars. How's that? Yeah, exactly. And then she said, I can't run. They're on their way to the finish line. She's screaming at him that she can't run. They get there and he says, oh, you have to turn around and do it again. So what, is she going to walk back now because she can't run? I love watching the meltdowns. I, I you know, I can't stand that. I want them to go soon because I, I just, the meltdowns, I, I, I love watching them. And then I want the people to leave when they exhibit the meltdown. Yeah. But then it's also kind of fun to see them stick around because then you hate them every week. Because although I will say that I do like uh, I wasn't sold last week because I thought the football player looked a little too much like Stringer Bell from The Wire. But now that he's, uh-huh. uh, I watched him this week and I was more like he still makes me think of Stringer Bell. But I, I I like him. I like his attitude and he's got he's he's fun and he's he's supportive of his wife and I, I like them. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, it's funny. I want as much as I want them to turn on each other. Some of these couples, then I really get like happy when they support one another so i guess it's a good show so how about that survivor then oh i like survivor i do like this season i don't know what it is um about the season but i I guess the further we get along the more i'm starting to understand people's personalities and i am enjoying this season of survivor more than i thought i would after what 20 years they've been doing this thing well, not 20 years, but they've been doing it since 2000. It's been 20 seasons because they do two, uh, two a year. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I you know, Russell, Russell, little little hands, Brandon hands is the yeah. interesting character character study. Oh, I just hate to hear people apologize like that, though. I yeah, hate it. Yeah. I like how nobody really accepted his apology. I mean, well, they because they said, "Okay, well, thank you," but nobody was like, "Okay, you're exonerated from being a douchebag." Yeah, but it's because it's so shallow. If I apologize, if I actually, I, I rarely say I'm sorry. Okay, and it's not because I'm never sorry. It's because when I do it, I actually have to think and move and shift and make a change about myself and really present my apology. You know, mm -hmm. I, it, I, it drives me crazy when people use I'm sorry as a get out of jail free card, which is what Brandon yeah, does. Yeah, when you're clearly not sorry. Yeah, when you're just saying, hey, you know, my bad. Uh, so okay, here, here we go. Great example of this. The illustration. I want to get this plug in for for Hallie, who I appreciate every time she does this. When we go to these loud, uh, these crowded festivals, people will daisy chain their hands together and then run through the crowd. And as they're running through the crowd, you know, put, essentially just pushing their way through as a group, they'll say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." And Hallie will look them right in the face and go, "No, you're not." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they look, they they get confused and look back at her and they think she's a bitch, but she's being totally right. Yeah, it's true. They're not sorry. They're they're not sorry. What they're doing is, like I said, this. I wish I could find a better phrase than "get out of jail free," but it's 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 using it as an excuse to continue with their crappy behavior. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good phrase. Using it as an excuse <laughs> to continue with their crappy behavior. Yeah, you know, like I'll get calls on Sunday from people and from people I work for, and I say Sunday I do nothing. I do nothing on Sunday. I don't want to do anything. I work really hard seven, six days a week. I get Sunday by myself, and I'll get a call or an Absolutely. email. I'm really sorry, but can you do this? You're not sorry. If you were really sorry, you wouldn't do it. You would realize what you're doing, and not do it, or you would do it, and then realize you've done something wrong and then a day or so later say look i'm sorry i i didn't realize to say i'm sorry yeah. but is not is not an apology no not an apology not uh not gonna accept that apology no i'm not gonna accept that apology and i that's exactly what i agree with it was happening on this episode of survivor people weren't accepting the apology much like uh stacy didn't accept the group hug uh when she went to redemption island I, did you like that i like that well, at first I thought, wow, sore loser, you know, she, she really mm -hmm. doesn't need to be that, that much of a sore loser about it. And I think there was a little bit of that going on. I think she was being yes, a sore yes. loser. I think you can be good natured and still not take a hug and go, whoa, hey, easy. <laughs> <laughs> pump, pump the brakes, as a, a dear friend of mine says. You don't, uh, no, no hugging. We're not going to hug this out. <laughs> but That's funny. The, what What is interesting about this season of Survivor is that it is so predictable. Like last week's episode was so predictable that uh, the old man was going home. And I knew th from the moment this this episode started, really. I mean, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go, depending on which team went to Tribal Council. But no matter how much they highlighted other players, I knew that Stacy was going home when they sat down for Tribal Council. Because this show has become so predictable as far as alliances go, that you always know uh -huh. that the strong alliance is going to vote out the other people. It doesn't really matter how much scrambling uh, uh, Cochran and the nice teeth guy and the older girl <laughs> do on Ozzy's team. Ozzy's going to stay tight 
with his little alliance and they're going to rule unless something terrible happens, especially since Ozzy has that hidden immunity idol. It's, it's not going to be surprising as much drama as they try to put up in it. But whereas in other seasons that has fallen flat for me, I've been able to see through the editing and the producer's hand in watching these people scramble and make their, uh, make their alliances and their devious plans. For some reason, this season, it's really interesting and engaging to see these people talk to one another about that. Well, I think, right, because that's ultimately what makes the show tick is alliances and, 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 and loyalty. And maybe that's the larger message of us as human beings is that's what we value is loyalty and trust. And it's something that you have to put so much faith in that it's the most, you know, tenuous sort of thing that you could, you know, put all your, you know, your, your eggs in that basket. And really it boils down to trust and loyalty and both of which are so easily um, broken. Yeah. You know, there was, I, I, I've mentioned this before, but the, there's, uh, there's a recap on Entertainment Weekly every week by a guy named Dalton Ross. He writes uh, yes. a, his, a synopsis of the episode from before, and he's a huge Survivor fan. And part of what I like about his recap is because he's such a huge Survivor fan, I can watch Survivor at 11 o'clock at night with sort of one high, eye open and then read it in the morning and kind of feel like I've, I've delved a little deeper into the episode because he sees things that I don't necessarily see or I didn't think of in the way that he thinks of and mm -hmm. i can like i say i can watch from my couch and watch the show and think oh i it's a game you know why are people so upset when they get voted out i mean obviously one person has to go home that's the deal that's how it works out why are they taking it personally it's a game i wouldn't act that way blah 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 um, but he made the point of talking about who's the girl who wears the sport coat who laughs and walks on people's backs and talks a lot i want to say her name's Edna or something like that or Edith. Yeah, and why on earth is she wearing a business suit in the middle of the jungle? Yeah, that was a curious choice. Did you notice the one uh whoever it was that, you know, Christine I think that you know who won the duel on the the duel dueling island whatever it is, Redemption oh, yeah. Island? Yeah. Um she was wearing some sort of strange like cocktail dress from the 80s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting choices. I noticed that actually on the first episode when they landed. I was like, you guys know you have to wear these clothes. Why are you wearing that? But anyway. Why um, did they get bathing suits, by the way? I think that's happened in the past, though. This is also another thing that I read in Entertainment Weekly is that they do get given bathing suits. And usually they're given their bathing suits before the first water challenge. Because I've noticed oh. that in seasons past that the people are hanging out in their bikinis. And, you know, mm -hmm. did you did you wear that bikini underneath what you brought? Is that what you were doing or how does that work out? And I, I can tell already there was one shot last night where I went, oh, I bet Rob likes that girl based on the angle and what I was looking at. Which one was it? The, the one who's uh, kind of uh, ethnic -y looking? Uh, yeah. The one that Ozzy was in the hammock with at the beginning. Yeah, she's hot. There Two T's. A gratuitous <laughs> booty shot at one point. I went, hey, Rob's going to like it. Rob's going to cut on the show tomorrow and say, oh, I really like Elise or Alice or whatever her name was. Um, I don't know what her name was, but I liked it. Yeah. But, okay, so in the article today, he was talking about that moment when Brandon Hands brought the uh, brought Edna or Elsa or whatever her name is aside and said, you're 
the, you're not part of a six-person alliance. There's really a five-person alliance. You're you're not mm-hmm. really part of it. And the way he described it was like, like when you're at a party in high school and you're hanging out with the popular kids and you think you're one of the popular kids and somehow during the conversation you realize that you're not really a part of the popular kids. You know that feeling when you go, oh, I do. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, you know, that feeling of, of not being liked and not being part of the group, y- y- how can you not take it personally? It's not just about, yeah. you know, being in a game because you spend three days with these people you spend a lot of time not doing challenges and you want to feel part of a group and when they turn and say you're not part of the group you know it's not a game well you know it it's funny because i mean there's the social aspect of survivor is is huge and it mirrors real society as well and i think you know i'm not aware uh, probably of the most annoying parts of my personality like you, somebody who's known me for a long time, could probably be like, "Yeah." <laughs> That's when funny you do that, that, you say that. I want. I was. I was considering maybe if we would do what Probst did at Tribal Council last night. If you and I would go, what's the most annoying part about Rob? What's the most annoying part about Jason? <laughs> but anyway, I thought. I thought better. But maybe we can do that. <laughs> this show would be in ruins. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that as a segment. Another show. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. What? What do you? What do you were saying? Well. It, you don't realize, you know, th- these aspects of your personality. Like, like if somebody's a really close talker, right? Right. Um, and, and that I would imagine is amplified tenfold when you're on a deserted island. You're hungry, and you know when they were showing the cuts and bits of that Edna woman talking incessantly and asking all those questions. Yeah. I know people like that, and I totally agreed with Michaela who was the, the lingerie football player, right. who was just like, quit asking all these fucking questions. You're never going to hunt buffalo. You're <laughs> never going to do these things. And I totally agree. I hate when people are humoring me when they try to ask a bunch of questions about something they're clearly not interested in, but they want to seem engaged and interested. And I, you, I can sniff that out. And so I thought that was an interesting character flaw or trait or whatever that she had on display. Yeah. Yeah. The people who ask a lot of questions who aren't actually interested, you can tell they're not interested because they keep asking questions. If when when I ask a question of somebody and I get the answer, then I, I, I pursue the answer that I'm getting and talk a little bit more about it. If I I get nothing out of it, then I'll ask another question. You know, if I, if I don't really care, it's just like, it's about asking the right question, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's about asking the right question. Exactly. That's a perfect point. Yes. Yeah, so I, but I, I'm, I don't still, I'm not quite sure what Lil Hans is apologizing for and what his deep internal struggle is. I mean, it makes me feel like he either wants to like haul off and punch somebody or drag Michaela into the woods and have his way with her. Like, what is this? And, and, and really, I watched Russell's seasons. I mean, other than being villainous, how bad was he really? Yeah, that's the other thing is that, yeah, I mean, he played a pretty a pretty extreme game and an extreme version of the game and he, I think what people dislike about Russell is that he the glee he took in being manipulative and talking smack about other people. Yeah, and I think he was classless when it came to the reunion shows when they had everybody and how just still wound up he was, you know, like 
If he could have done so much more for his image, if he was at that moment when he didn't win, he was more gracious or when they, you know, he lightened up, but he just doesn't lighten up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And neither does Brandon Hands for for that's that's the that's the character trait of the Hands people. They don't ever lighten up. It doesn't seem like. Well, imagine if Russell was your dad. Okay, this is Brand. He's it's Brandon's uncle, right? So that assumes mm-hmm. to me that Russell is brothers with Brandon's father. So yeah. someone like Russell being your dad can can you can you imagine the extreme daddy pleasing issues that Brandon must have that he's sitting in tears at tribal council saying I just want to be somebody that God likes you know uh huh I Meaning just want to be somebody <laughs> yes I mean come on how much more obvious can it be Holy Father <laughs> that's great man that is that is good insight my friend that is Thank a you. nugget of insight. <laughs> thank you very much okay so on that note let's uh head out of our survivor talk i have one phrase for the phrased out segment rob but i'm not Ooh, exciting sure. i have nothing i i'm today i i'm just flying by the seat of my pants so i appreciate you thinking of a phrased out segment because people love the phrased out segments jason okay i don't know if this technically counts as a phrase or if it's just a joke that i've heard too many times so okay. I'll let I'll let you be the call on it, and I'm pretty sure I will get a call or an email from Hallie uh, telling me one way or the other if it's an official phrase or not. <laughs> but the phrase, um, "Hey, this year called it wants its item back." <laughs> yeah, I hate that. That's it, that's kind of like a not joke. Yeah. So is that I mean, I think it's it started as a joke, but now it's become a phrase because people say it too many times. And you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of anything specific. 1986 called they want their eyes odd back. Right. That thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's become a the the sort of the uh, the ironic finger point. Yeah, I'm tired of it. And I think it crops up on Facebook a lot. So. Uh, yeah, it does. It, it, it does. And it's uh, it needs to be phrased out. It's not cute, people. It's not it doesn't show that you're witty it just shows you you're sheep. You're following the wit of others. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I like that. I would also this isn't a phrase, but I would also like people to stop tagging people in photos who aren't actually in the photo that they're being tagged in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just a Stop bang. that. Stop that, people. Hey, Stop I it. do have a phrase that let me check my phone really quick. because I, I did poke something in here so let me see if i can find it there jason if you would be so kind as to entertain the folks um well uh as always you can email us at what said at gmail.com because your emails mean so much you can give us a phone call 415-937-0445 we'd love to hear from you and uh we're getting some uh lots of voicemails and emails now so perhaps we'll dip into the mail sack in future shows yes love to hear from you so uh give us a shout out for that and as always www.audibletrial.com slash wds who makes the show possible rob did you find your phrase i did it's uh this one and you will probably know that I got nothing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. You know that one. You know, you've heard people use that one, right? Where there's the pregnant pause, which we love here at, at What Duvet Said. Yeah. We love the pregnant pause, but I don't like the followed by, I got nothing. It just, okay. it's too scripted. It's, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's, it, it smacks of watching something on TV and then repeating it. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll agree. That one doesn't bother me so much, but now that you've said it, I'll let it bother me. Okay, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. No problem. What do you got going? What do you got going on this weekend, Jace? 
Well, I thought for sure I had to go to traffic court tomorrow. Dun, dun, dun. I got a speeding ticket on Interstate 5 in Valencia on my way up to San Francisco back in July for going 81 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Really? That's not speeding on the 5? No, it's not. In fact, it's driving within the flow of traffic. But I got pulled over and then I drove at a, you know under 80 for the rest of the time and I saw multiple patrol cars pulling people over. So there was some sort of speed trap happening whatever uh, weekend that was when I was driving up there. Um, a and it sweep. Says, yeah, exactly, a sweep. It says on the ticket that I need to appear in the Valencia court, so I'd, I've just had it posted up here, but it also said that maybe I'd receive something in the mail. So I've been waiting, assuming I would get something in the mail, but it never showed up. So finally, I turned the ticket over, and I read that I could just make a phone call uh, and sign up for traffic school or pay the bail or pay the ticket or whatever. So I did that. I called, and so I don't need to do that. Wait a minute. You asked me what I am doing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a new segment. What what aren't you doing? <laughs> uh, there's a party. I have a party to go to on uh, um, on Saturday night out in Venice. I like parties. What kind of party is it? Is it a cotillion? Uh, no, it's not a cotillion. I'm not entirely sure what kind of party it is. It's a, a, a friend of mine that I, is just sort of peripheral to me. So um, I'm going i'm not sure if it's like a game night which i, I love i love going to game uh-huh. nights so i think it might be a game night um but i'm not entirely sure the 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 we'll see i'll report on it next week i love gang nights yeah what are you doing this weekend <laughs> um yeah i feel like my weekends if we do a best of rob's weekends it's just gonna be gonna go see a band but that's what i'm doing um, at, we should give a shout out to Mr. Barrasco. It will be his birthday on Sunday this weekend. Ah. And so I think we're trying to organize a little lunch, sort of like, you know, late lunch sort of event to honor him on Saturday. And then that Saturday night, Hallie and I are seeing a fabulous band from San Francisco called Girls Play. Their triumphant return back from a, a very successful tour and they're, they're, they're closing it out in the hometown. So we're, we're excited for the show. And then Sunday... I've adopted your your weekend ritual. I do nothing on Sundays but watch football and eat White Castle burgers that I buy from the the Safeway has them up here now. So I, I it's great, and I just watch football, and that's what I like to do on Sunday. Yeah, I sat around all Sunday uh, this past Sunday watching. I got the Star Wars DVD Blu-ray, and I just watched the most, if not all, the bonus disc. Uh, just sitting on the couch. Nice. And it was a- I, I, I go ahead. I was just going to say, it was, a, it was beautiful outside. I mean, it was an absolutely gorgeous day. Clear blue skies in the 80s, and I just I closed all the curtains and uh, just stayed inside. I was tired. I, had a, I, had a, uh, I woke up early that morning and fell back asleep, so uh, I just wanted to loaf. That's cool. You know what? There's nothing wrong. You get plenty of sun down there living in Los Angeles. To take a day where you just, you know— Board up the windows and loaf is is a good day. And I I, I was going to say, I suspect I'm going to be watching a lot of Prohibition this weekend and uh, finishing off the George Harrison documentary. And that'll be – that's quality entertainment as opposed to the crap I usually watch. Excellent. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, by the way, started. Started its new season. And my wife and I sit on the couch and we watch Gossip Girl and Beverly Hills 90210 with this look of just sheer disgust on her face. And it's like it's like eating that thing you know you shouldn't eat, but you just do it anyway and you feel totally disgusted afterward. Like White Castle, frozen White Castle burgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's when like you being watch, friends uh, with me. 
when you watch 90210 this uh, this season, keep an eye out for a scene where there's a guy at a bar who's talking to a girl who's who's who he knew in high school, and he says that she's looking old and dumpy, and he tries to take a picture of her, and some guy pushes her aside. I, I auditioned for that role. I didn't get it, but it'd be interesting to see who oh, really? gets that part. Yeah. I will keep my eyes peeled. So you you auditioned for Beverly Hills 90210? Wow, I'm a huge fan. Jason, you got to get on that show. Hey, well, they got to cast me. What can I tell you? I didn't tell you at the time because I didn't want you to, you know, I didn't want you to get all excited. Yeah, I didn't want Put you to Put on my it. fancy dress. Right. Your fancy dress to buy the, wear buy the plane ticket to come down onto the set and watch you do your your thing. Oh, that reminds me. I got to go. I'm just, I got to hang out with Holly Sorensen in a week and a half. Yeah, you you charm her, Jace, and uh, I think she will. Uh, you're charming as it is, and I think she'll she'll respond in kind. And I have something tells me we will see us on that show, and then we'll com- we'll do commentary on how great we were on the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Maybe they'll even bring us in for the DVD commentary. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're gonna bring these two, like you know, random folk that we threw up on the show. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, let's get out of the show. Speaking excellent. of the show, let's get out of it because I gotta. I my, uh, really quick since the blue angels are gonna fly around and I have a pet that's gonna be traumatized. I need to dose my pet with, uh, of all things, Xanax. It turns out is what they were gonna prescribe the dog. Wow, crazy! All right, go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna. You have a good weekend, though, and you listeners have a good weekend. And keep those cards and letters coming because we're dipping into the mail sack next week. Uh, not next and, week. I'm, uh, not, I'm not in town next week. No show next week. I'm not in but town. We're, all right, good. We'll let the mail pile up. In and Right now, mail's piling up that it's actually piling up inside my inside, inside nook. So we are going to get to that in two weeks. Two weeks! Can you tell me what the they said? Did you hear what the they said? Can you hear what the day says? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.